Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Print on Demand cast. As always, Josiah here with you and, uh, Pardon the, the voice and congestion sound, perhaps. I don't know if it's allergies or a cold, but uh, it, maybe it's, it's, it's exhaustion, I think, might be the other thing it is, too. <laughs> <clears throat> it's been a, a wild weekend, but we'll get into that more here in a second. But <laughs> with me, as always, my co-host, Travis Ross. Travis, welcome back to the Print on Demand cast, man. Episode 98. We're two away from the big no. 100. What are we going to do? I don't know. We need to really <clears throat> probably go to a brewery and talk for an hour <laughs> or two or yeah. three about what we're going to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know, play some poker and then lose mm-hmm. and then sit at the bar and talk some, some strategy. You got hey, second the, last I week, guess though. second place last you week. You got second at first table. I got second at the second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the first one's a much better accomplishment, but no one needed <laughs> to know that. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> welcome back man hey how was your weekend fourth of july holiday weekend We're recording on a tuesday because yesterday of course was uh independence day and so everyone was out enjoying the festivities so uh how was your weekend man i know you had a pretty jam-packed schedule yeah we did we um my family we've got a pop-up camper and um we had a uh my band actually had a gig out at this lake it's about it's about an hour, hour and a half uh, east of here. Um, and my uh, keyboard player, um, her family owns a kind of a plot of land or, you know, kind of an area with a bunch of other people um, at a lake that is like kind of right next to the lake that we were playing the the gig at. And so we decided to go out with them, put up our pop-up camp camper and had this lake and you could see there some paddle boards. We had a, had a boat out there Had a couple campers, had a whole bunch of people. Um, there were probably 20, 25 people out there. Um, just from our little group, we had such a good time. And then Saturday night, of course we went, you know, we drove over to the other Lake and, uh, man, it was, it was crazy. It was, um, one of our most fun gigs that we get to do every year. Uh, there's a picture of it. You, you can see kind of, uh, us hanging out there and what you can't see in this picture is how many freaking people were there <laughs> it was i'm not kidding there were there were probably two three hundred people um all just i mean most of them were on the dance floor uh it was just such a good time we played until midnight and then some we actually played after midnight it was really loud really fun really packed lots and lots of alcohol probably too much uh, in a lot of cases, but such a fun time. Then we drove back to the lake, obviously. And then um, I didn't get home last night on Monday until probably nine o'clock. Wow. Um, so I may not have the voice thing that you've got going on, but I definitely have the tired thing that yeah. you've got going yeah, the, on. The exhaustion. I was, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds awesome, dude. It sounds like a, a lot of fun. And I was supposed mm-hmm. to go and and capture and do some some filming of your band there uh, mm-hmm. but have to probably do the the eerie gig that you guys do 
um, here coming up soon. But the reason I wasn't able to go is because, uh, you know, the church that that I attend, we were doing extended worship for all three services and mm -hmm. uh, I was on the team. And so I uh, had to be there at, you know, I don't know, six in the morning or something crazy like that. For, for sound check and running through some stuff and uh, was asked uh there's a, a girl that was supposed to to be leading she was sick and uh i was able to sing that song but it's at the very top of my range everything i sang i the key of e is dead to me uh <laughs> for for the next couple of weeks everything i sang was right at the top of my range for three services and there are like two hour services a piece so mm. it was like you know seven and a half hours of just singing at the top of my range and, and trying to nurse my voice in between services. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so, and then of course, yesterday was 4th of July festivities and we're, you know, playing, playing beers, be and, and watching fireworks and, you know, having, having a good time. So exhaustion yeah. plus vocal fatigue. Um, yeah. It's definitely caught up with me. So if I don't say as much uh, during this episode, you all know why now. Uh, but, <laughs> but um but yeah man fourth of july is one of my favorite holidays it's i think it's like maybe second only to maybe christmas maybe third thanksgiving i think you know all of those are are some of my favorite holidays for sure so uh, but yeah, yeah it sounds like you guys had a fantastic time yeah it was it was really fun i just uh need to get some sleep tonight you know <laughs> yeah no doubt uh you and i both so um you know and it's it's talking talking about independence day uh do you know why travis there are no knock knock jokes about america no why well that's because freedom rings and that was this week's Weekly Dad Joke. Time for the Weekly Dad Joke. We have to make a new bumper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that that's the new thats the new MO. Now, you guys, we're okay. not going to tell you when the dad joke is coming. We're just going to go. We're just going to go for it. It could happen anytime. Anytime. Okay. So, I mean, why not, right? Yeah, why not? I think, you know, it keeps them, it gives them something to, to look forward to um, right. in, in, in an episode. <laughs> so... Uh, all right, man. Uh, let's. We have a really. I'm actually really excited to cover this uh, in um, some POD statistics in mm -hmm. this week's point of interest. Well, howdy, partner. Welcome to the point of interest part of the POD cast. So grab your hat and hold on tight because we got some learning to do. All right, so some interesting POD statistics, and what we'll do is we will uh, make all of our references available uh, in the description of the show, uh, yeah. so in case anyone wants to validate or fact check, um, we will <laughs> we will make those available to you to cross-reference, but check this out. So this was, I think I think this was released, I think in May, right, May of yeah, 2022? Yeah, in May. Um, so in 2020... The size of the global dropshipping market was an estimated one hundred and twenty-eight billion dollars in twenty twenty, oh. and I think a lot of that, of course, a lot of these, they're going to focus on twenty twenty a little bit because that was obviously a, a peak yeah the COVID thing because of COVID yeah. yeah everyone was shopping from home, but uh, so yeah we're just going to go through we're going to read some of these statistics for you mm -hmm. guys 
um, that we find to be interesting. So Travis, why don't you hit us with a stat? Um, let's see here. Uh, and just, just so you guys know, this is all from Printful. We'll have this. Um, it's from their blog that they kind of yeah. compiled all these. We'll have that in the show notes, of course. But um, you mentioned this before. You said one out of five customers is willing to pay up to 20% extra for personal personalized products yeah. and yeah. services. So, that, I mean, obviously that's is products and services. So it's not just talking about the POD market, but if 20% or if, if, if 20% of people are willing to do that, um, I would wager that it's higher in the print on demand industry because of the fact that it's a lower barrier to entry, you know, sure. to personalize something in POD when you're sure. talking about a service or, a, um, you know, a lot of times I, I'll see like um, in a software product, they'll have, you know, kind of the the free version and then they'll have like the standard version and they'll have the premium version. And a lot of times the only difference between the standard and the premium is like you can, uh, that they will take off their branding on the premium and you can put your own branding. So I would think, yeah, yeah, white label, that would be part of the one out of five is willing to pay 20% more. And I think a lot of people don't care as much about stuff like that. But when you're talking about grandma's Christmas present, um, you know, her, coffee mug or her, you know, sign that you're making or whatever. Um, I think the, the percentage would be higher for people who would want to personalize that. Now that's just my opinion. I don't have yeah. any f- facts to back <laughs> that up, but it seems logical. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Well, no, I mean, I mean, it makes sense because I mean, we mm-hmm. talk a lot about offering um, custom items and that's kind of Etsy's whole thing, right? So people are mm-hmm. willing to, to pay for that personalization and mm-hmm. so having the capability of making sure your drop shipper has the capability, or if you are doing the production yourself, making sure that you have the ability to offer personalization, you're going to capitalize on that extra profit that people are willing to pay because mm-hmm. it is personalized to them. Um, so yeah, I, that makes complete sense to me that people yeah. are willing to pay extra. Um, I think another interesting statistic is that the market is predicted to be worth $476.1 billion by 2026, more than 3.5 times its value in 2020. Wow. So, and, and digital printing for you guys that might be wondering, it kind of started in 1993, like the very primitive infancy of what digital printing is or mm-hmm. was at the time. And obviously it's grown leaps and bounds right. um, now, but you know, that's not a lot. Um, that's not a lot of time, 1993 to 2026 to have that mm-hmm. kind of growth right. in, in the market. Like in, in context, that's, that's a pretty quick, um, you know, rate of success. I, I would think. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Um, 1993 digital was pretty new. Um, you know, computers were pretty new. I mean, they'd yeah. been around in, you know, maybe corporate settings a little bit longer, but for like you and me, like the average consumer, um, 93 was pretty early on. Um, and so most of the the printing was still like, you know, for paper, it was like offset press or for yeah. screen printing and things like that. Um, but the digital, you know, the ability to like literally just have an image on your computer and yeah. output it to something um, that was revolutionary at the time and has yeah. just continued to take the, you know, the printing world by storm. And we're talking all printing at this point, but right. still, 
um, it goes without saying the, the ease in which you, you know, you can just have something printed that you have on your computer. Um, it wasn't always like that at all. No, no. Um, and so it's, it's just lent to, you know, some incredible growth, the global digital textile printing market as a whole. Um, so this is all digital textile printing. So all shirts, you know, could be all over print sublimation, you know, deck, yeah. uh, total yeah. global digital textile printing market as a whole is projected to grow from 1.5 billion in 2020 to 2.7 billion in 2026. That's Jeez. nearly a hundred percent more <laughs> um, in transactions that are happening around digital wow. textile printing t-shirts guys, t-shirts. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It is nuts. We talk a lot about um, home decor is, is a, is a niche that we've talked a lot about here on the show. And the global home decor market in 2021 reached $682 billion, <laughs> um, which is like 10 billion pillows. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. We've talked, we've talked, we've talked <laughs> a lot about of it. pillows. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, and we've talked about home decor for a while on this show, just because it is a niche that is really, really prime for print on demand specifically because you can do a lot of personalization stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, people love having a pillow that's personalized to their family or a cutting board or, you know, even, some, even a, what, what do we cover? Lampshades or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like lampshades. Crazy, crazy upholstery yeah. curtains. I mean, it's just nuts. The stuff that, that people mm -hmm. want in the home decor, home decor market. So, yeah, I mean, you see some people's houses, you know, like on Instagram or whatever, and they've got so much stuff that yeah. I feel like print on demand people could do, you know, like in there, they got all these little signs and all these things, you know, and it's like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. Pillows and, you know, all of those things. Um, it's really, um, I mean, it's a, there's a low buried entry. If you can find somebody that can do it for you, or you can figure out how to do it yourself. Um, and with that type of growth, um, why wouldn't you, Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. There was another one I wanted to share. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So by 2024, this is just all e-commerce in general, retail focus yeah. e-commerce is predicted to amount to 7 trillion in annual sales or 25% of total retail sales. That's a quarter of the sales that are happening. <laughs> Are yeah. going to be on e or off, e yeah, on or off the the yeah. e-commerce market. That's saying in general, including the WalMarts and the Targets and yeah. the Home Goods. So that that's saying a quarter of all sales, period. Which just I think it goes right. to show you, which is a conversation we've had a lot offline. Yeah. Like this e-commerce thing, if people were skeptical before, they should know now for sure. It's not going anywhere, right? <laughs> it's only it's only getting crazier. And mm -hmm. bigger, and and the, the amount of things you can get produced uh, is also yeah. expanding. So it's it's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, well, oh, go ahead. You got another no, one? No, no. I was just going to ask you if you have any more uh, before we um, want to. I mean, there's literally. I, I think the title of this page is 105 print on demand statistics. So, and yeah. you know, again, I don't think they're all totally print on demand statistics. They may some of those statistics include print on demand but um you can kind of get the idea <laughs> yeah um 
like you said, this isn't going anywhere. Um, people ask all the time, oh, is selling T-shirts online saturated? And I would say yes and no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. if you're going to sell another shirt that's, you know, that everybody else is sell selling, yeah. then yeah, it might be a little bit saturated because there's a lot of those things because a lot of people are seeing this low-hanging fruit and yeah. they're going for it. But if you're going to do something that's unique and, um, you know, something that people are going to want, you actually do some research, you spend some time, then yeah. – Man, the sky is literally the limit. You can yeah. do amazing things in the print-on-demand industry. So don't think you can't. Don't don't get stuck um, because uh, because you're you're the, the the shirt that you think is really funny or really awesome isn't selling. <laughs> right. Go freaking make another shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah, it's a volume game. I mean, with, yeah. with anything with with uh, shirts or any, any kind of content. And really a shirt is just a piece of content because you're putting a design right. on it and you're, you're trying to get it out there. So any content platform, it's literally just throwing as much stuff out there because eventually something's going to hit. You just got to keep throwing stuff at it. So I think to wrap up this point of interest, I will say one more fact, which I think is kind of fascinating. Okay. Approximately 3.41 billion, billion meters of clothing fabric were produced in China in October of 2021, according just to the October. National Bureau of Statistics, Statistics just October, 3.41 billion meters of fabric. <laughs> that's that's insane. That is absolutely astronomical. Wow. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that, we're going to transition to the part five of oh. print on demand. I'll go ahead. Oh, you know what? I have one more. Um, before we before we go, I actually found out. Um, what the colonists, speaking of 4th of July, were where they actually wore, uh, specific things to the Boston Tea Party. Do you know what, do you know what it was? Do you know what they wore I, I, I don't to the Boston know. Tea Party? I don't know. T-shirts. Uh... That's a bonus dad joke. You they got... weren't even expecting that. They didn't even know it was coming, but now everyone's <laughs> educated that there was T-shirts in, in colonial times so yep. you are all welcome and now with that we will go to this week's main event part five of pod 101 ladies and gentlemen the main event All right. This was not in the original. Um, we're kind of when we forecast this series of, right. of shows, but we figure we might as well go into this because we have been covering all the basics. And this was something that I think last week we were like, oh, we should probably also talk about this. So mm -hmm. we're going to say that this part five is called Adjusting as You Go and Scaling. Now, a quick recap on the series is we've kind of walked you through the last four weeks. The mm -hmm. whole setup says, okay, you've got your EIN and banking set up. You've decided where to start selling, which is in week two's episode. The EIN we covered in week one's episode. You've got mm -hmm. your SKU structure set up, and you've even created a few designs and mock-ups, which we covered in week three. You've decided which fulfillment partner you're going with, make your mark design, in week four. And perhaps <laughs> you've even made the first sale or two. So now what? Now what do you do? So right. we're going to cover a couple of topics here, but Travis... I think, I mean, this is something that you and I, obviously we can, we can speak to all of these in our, our own experience, but you 
did something that was wild. You took on a, you had to scale quickly in the <laughs> busiest time of year uh, when you first, first went into that location there in Broomfield. So let's talk a little bit about scaling and what you need to kind of have in mind when approaching the idea of scalability and what that means. Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say, all that, uh, say about scaling is don't do it in November. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So as Josiah alluded, if you haven't listened a long time, um, I kind of went, I, I had a facility uh, that we were doing a lot of production in. And then I basically sold all my stuff, moved home and started drop shipping everything and, and totally did a 180. Um, and said, yeah, I think I want a lifestyle business where I can sell from wherever. And frankly, I got bored. Um, um, I had an opportunity to purchase a whole bunch of equipment from Uncle Mike, who you have probably heard on the podcast before. Um, and just because of the way it all worked out, I really wanted to capitalize on, because I was I was paying for you know all this equipment and everything, I really wanted to capitalize on Christmas. Cause that's, you know, the biggest sales part of the year. And so, um, I just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and we got it done. I mean, we hired a bunch of people, we moved in, we learned brand new processes that we had never done embroidery. Uh, we'd never done vinyl. We had never done uh, laser engraving. We had never done UV printing. Um, and we learned them all in addition, obviously to DTG and sublimation, um, in a very short period of time with a lot of help from, you know, uncle Mike and aunt Jackie and, uh, their crew coming out here and helping us, um, get through that first Christmas. But it was, it was absolutely incredibly challenging. Um, a lot of, a lot of mistakes I can, you know, I can say now after, you know, being able to be removed, we've had a, we had a second Q4, uh, last year, it went a lot better. Um, even, even that Q4 has provided us with more data to kind of, you know, tweak some of our systems and fix to where next Q4 will even be, I'm hoping even smoother. So, right. um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's building upon building, um, you know, building blocks and learning as you go. Um, there really is kind of an adjusting on the fly part of, I think any business, frankly, um, and the reason we added this part five was specifically because of that. It's like, okay, here's how you do it. You know, here's how you get a print on demand business off the ground. Here's some things to think about. Well, that's cool, but nobody wants to just sit on their, you know, on their butt and wa <laughs> right. you know, wait, right. you know, it's like, well, what can I do? What, what other things can I, um, you know, think about to start scaling, to start, you know, what are, what are some, what are some things that I'm going to come against that I've, I need to kind of understand right. as I'm scaling. I think I, if we're going to talk about scaling specifically as kind of one of our bullet points, I, I think that, um, mindset is, is a big thing yeah. that you need to really consider. Um, because not everyone necessarily wants to scale, you know, sure. um, this could be a total side project for you. And that is, totally cool. And we talked about that. I think on our second episode, maybe what do you yeah. want to be when you grow up? Yeah. You know, so it's not for everybody, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, would you agree with that, Josiah? Yeah. I mean, it, it does depend on your goal at the outset of it. So mm -hmm. there's no pressure to scale. Obviously right. it's not like you have to 
start this thing and then you know pour all of your attention into it if that's not the intention from the outset but if it is something or if it begins to be something that you see that's catching or building some traction you may need to start kind of thinking in that scaling mode of of what is going to grow this or i'm, I'm getting some traction mm -hmm. so yeah. uh, what do i need to do to get this thing going forward you know what i mean yeah I think a lot of times if, if, you know, um, while it's not necessarily important that you like focus totally on scale, I do think it's important right. that you actually do move forward. Um, yeah. because anything that isn't moving forward is stagnating. And so right. while you might be like, Hey, I'm, I'm accomplishing my goals. I, I made my $500 a month in profit. Um, you know, I can pay my car payment and cool. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I, your your sales will tank. They right. not tank, but they will trend downward because anything that doesn't have forward momentum will slowly deteriorate. That's just yeah. the nature of humanity and the earth that we live in, let alone business. Um, so yeah, so there are some things that um even if you don't want to scale, there are some things that you need to be aware of. There are some, you know, kind of some maintenance things, but even beyond that, I would encourage you to, um, to give yourself some type of a, you know, if you, if you want to move forward, give yourself some type of a, um, some type of a discipline to work yeah. a little bit on your business every week and not just working, um, in your business, not like just producing or just answering right. customer service emails, but actually setting aside time to work on your business. And if you know, you've probably heard of Michael Gerber before, um, the E-Myth. It's a great book yeah. if you've never, never read that, but basically that's, that's his main takeaway is that, um, you know, it's, it's very important that business owners work on their business and not just in their business, or they will experience that stagnation and kind of that slow deterioration of their sales and, and, yeah. and, and, and frankly get bored, I think, um, in the end. And, I'll say one other thing about that. It could also be a personality type. Um, some sure. personality types or some people, I guess, some tendency, some people have more tendencies to be hands-on and they want to yeah. work in their business. Yeah. And that's, that's okay, but there is going to be, you're, you're going to have to make a decision. You're either going to have to have somebody come alongside you that will you know, be more of the visionary type person that will work on the business and move it forward. Or you're going to have to like have that as part of your, you know, something that you have to do yeah. and you have to push through to make yourself do that. Yeah. Um, it may not be natural to you, but it, again, I think it's very important for your businesses. So that's kind of sets the scale or sets the uh, stage for, for all these other things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. The next thing we want to touch on is pricing. So you're going to have to adjust that on the fly pretty mm -hmm. often. There's lots of different scenarios where right. you'll have to adjust some pricing. I think one thing for sure, when it, when you go into a holiday season, which is something that we've done, you need to adjust that pricing because people you're going you're going to cheat yourself <laughs> out of money that the extra profit that you could be getting because in the holiday gift giving season, you can mark up that product by, you know, a couple, three, four or five, but $5. Yeah. And you can. people, people will pay it because they're wanting the, the gift. They need, they just need something for that holiday or for that present for that person. Um, mm -hmm. Other, other times you might need to be adjusting pricing is if you're selling something on Amazon and this kind of might also touch on, 
the next bullet point too. If someone hops mm-hmm. on that listing and you're trying to, yeah. that's, all, that's what Amazon is, is just competing for the buy box, which is why the idea of selling on Amazon, as far as t-shirts, it's kind of like poor man's private label where you kind of have some, yep. some autonomy on the listing, but there are instances where copycats can hop on and try and drop those prices. So you're going to have to be adjusting that inflation mm-hmm. has caused a Big time. massive adjustment on pricing. Be- because of the suppliers, their their prices increasing, you've got to pass that on to the the customer. It's got to go right. somewhere, and you can mm-hmm. look at your numbers and and decide. Okay, we can absorb this. Maybe, maybe let's say it's a five percent increase. Okay, we can absorb two percent, but pass three percent onto the customer, or mm-hmm. we have to pass all five percent onto the customer. And obviously, it's no one's intention to just keep driving up the prices, but in certain situations like we're finding ourselves now economically mm-hmm. it's probably going to happen more to. times than it stops yeah. right yeah you, you have to i mean the the for our business we we went through a whole thing and we talked about it on on the show where yeah. we were going through kind of finding our true cost to, to produce a yeah. good and um while we were doing this i kept getting emails every every other day it seemed like from yeah. different vendors going, oh, well, we had to raise our prices 10%, 20%, you know, now, now the difference. So the thing that you, you actually have to do some math here because like if, if a coffee mug, you know, goes up 20%, yeah. um, that does not mean that my price needs to go up 20% to cover that Sure, because the coffee mug started at a buck 15 or a buck right. or a buck right. 30 or whatever. If it goes up 20%, you know, it goes up, you know, another 20 cents, 30 cents, something like that. Sure. That's only 30 cents. I don't, you know, and if I'm selling it for 20 bucks <laughs> and I go up 20%, I mean, I'm all of a sudden I'm at 24, 20, you know, and, and so I can, I can raise my price 50 cents, yeah. still come out ahead and it doesn't really punish I guess, um, my, my customer in the end. Um, but it is a very real thing. Like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, inflation is happening. I'm, I'm still getting emails. I got another email. We should have probably thrown this in the print, uh, point of interest. <laughs> I got an email from, uh, somebody, one of my suppliers saying that Gildan is talk. I, I think they just raised all of their prices oh, yeah. for all of their shirts, 15% on the 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. All right. <laughs> I, I'm not 100% sure if that's just maybe it was just that vendor and they didn't buy enough. And so they passed on a 15% price increase and maybe some others it's only 10% or maybe it's 15% across the board. Sure. Maybe they were lying out through their teeth. I have no idea. <laughs> I've not done enough research to say that definitively. Yeah. But it goes, I mean, that's just another example of, you know, some of these things. So one of the things that I've thought of doing is um, for our production facility is because uh, we did a, a recent price increase and it wasn't that much. And honestly, I feel like we need to do another one. So what I've thought about doing is potentially doing some type of thing on the shipping side where every single pr- product I ship, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm capturing an increase on that. Cause right now we're just doing right. a pass through whatever sure. I pay. I, so what if I said every shipment is an extra 50 cents, sure. you know, it's not on the product. So if they buy five things, it's only an extra 50 cents. Yeah. Um, 
So that's something that we've thought about, but you need to get creative with the pricing. And if you're interested in hearing more about pricing, and I would recommend this episode, episode 44, um, we talked about it. It's called Pricing, Stop Racing to the Bottom. And this was before all of the, uh, you know, the inflations and all that stuff. Um, But that's another thing with pricing. You know, people are racing to the bottom. They're just nickel and diming each other. And then pretty soon no one's making any money. Yeah. It's just a stupid, stupid practice. (laughs) That was that was one of my biggest pet peeves about the arbitrage game with Amazon is because you would go and source, you know, shoes on a Saturday and you'd find a pair of something that was like 300% ROI and you'd buy as many as you could get. And then Monday, when you go to process them, someone has raced to the bottom and, and it's like, oh, these are 40% ROI or 45. Yeah. <laughs> either way, either it's going to be a hundred percent. It's still less money. You know what right. I mean? You inevitably are still not going to be making quite as much. The amount of times we scanned something and went, mm-hmm. well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was astronomical. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Go listen to, to uh, the episode 44 on pricing to get more kind of in-depth on that. And we mm-hmm. also touched a little bit on copycats too. Um, mm-hmm. Travis, you've had, you've had this happen where people have hopped mm-hmm. on to your listing. We've had this happen and we've tried to order, you know, one of their copycat items mm-hmm. just to see what they're making or what exactly how they're doing this, but kind of, kind of explain <laughs> to people out there that might not be familiar with, with copycats or the scenario that would lead to a copycat hopping on a listing why it would cause them to need to adjust. Yeah. I mean, um, there are an infinite number of scenarios, um, that a copycat could come on your listing. There's or an infinite number of outcomes, I guess, an infinite, infinite number of things that you could do as a result of a copycat. It really depends on what's happening with your listing. Um, (laughs) funny story. So we had a coffee mug that was really well, really doing well. And we had a copycat that came in and jumped on, on, jumped in on it. And we did just what you said. We ordered one of theirs just to see. And um, <laughs> what they had done was they had taken a picture of the screen. They basically grabbed the image from the screen. And if you know anything about mock-ups on a coffee cup, it's, it's cylindrical. cylindrical yeah. And so the, the, the actual words on the coffee cup kind of raised on the edges, you know, cause, cause it's, the the visual effect on it looks real yeah because it goes around the coffee cup and so <laughs> we got this coffee cup and literally it just all of the lines just they were all like little smiley faces on this thing and it just looked ridiculous <laughs> and lo and behold pretty soon we started getting reviews oh this looks like crap all you know it looks so stupid and they posted pictures and it was the same thing and so i don't Unfortunately, I don't have a great um, a great answer for how to combat copycats unless you have your own brand sure. and you have, you know, put this particular product under your brand. There are some potential protections, yeah. um, but really, you know, we've talked to Ken Reel on the show, which who we need to have on again, but yeah. there's really not a lot of things you can do with a lot of uh, the um the phrases that we're putting on t-shirts and, you know, these different things. Yeah. Sometimes, um, I mean, you could, you could literally trademark every piece of art that you make, but you're going to be spending a lot of money yeah. um, or copyright every single phrase. But even then, um, you know, there are, there are, 
that can go, you know, both ways because um, you could the the U.S. Trademark and Copyright Office or the USPTO um, they really they're they're not really good at protecting people like you and me who just want to print something on a shirt that says, you know, this guy or something like that, you know, and and it's like, how do you trademark this guy, you know, or copyright this guy, but people are doing that. And so um, I don't think that that's necessarily the answer. I think the answer is to go really, really wide with your product selection, because what inevitably happens, at least in my experience, is that these copycats will come and go. They'll get on your listings and then they'll go away. There are things called repricers that you can use. Um, should have maybe touched mm-hmm. on this. And and so the copycat will come on your listing and they'll like be 20% or 20 cents lower than you. And then yeah. the repricer is an automatic tool. It'll go and lower your, you to their price or five cents less or you yeah. know close to it or whatever you want. And then you're just basically just playing this game where they lower and you lower and you they lower and you lower and it's back and forth. But when they go off because they get suspended like they should because they're mm-hmm, I'm not going to say that's a family <laughs> podcast. Uh, your price will go back up to its you know normal price and you don't have to maybe worry about it quite as much. Um, I've just kind of given up fighting that battle i have right now i have plenty of copycats but again they'll be gone in a month yeah it's, it, just it's a war, war of attrition at that it, point it just and then more will come on other listings and i have i, I have a coffee mug that i noticed somebody had jumped on and it's it's a it was from back when trump was president and i'm like why did you choose this one you know no one's <laughs> buying it why are you low hanging fruit? I guess. I, I guess. don't know. That's I weird. Know. That yeah. is weird. <clears throat> I wish we had more to share about copycats and maybe we need to bring some more experts. Yeah. Me, but that is something that will happen. Yeah. And I guess really our, my best advice is don't sweat the small stuff. You know, right. if you get a copycat, just go make another, another product and list it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So the next thing I want to touch on is selling on other channels. And we've talked about kind of choosing what channel you want to start on or whether it's your private website. And we talked about this, um, you know, in this series, the pros and cons of, of doing each or doing both. Um, but there will come a time where you probably want to start kind of spreading your wings, as it were, and diversifying the channels that you want to uh, sell on because it's, you know, it's never safe to put all of your eggs in, in one basket. And so you want right. to have, you know, not only just for the fact of being a multiple platform, but just redundancy. So that if something goes away, it won't, hopefully it won't have a huge impact as in it's, you know, all of your business, you actually have mm-hmm. some other platforms available. Um, one thing I would say though, is I think if you're new to e-commerce, it would pro I would probably recommend starting on one channel and then kind of learning the ropes and your processes and all of that kind of stuff Yeah, on that channel. Don't sign up for six channels right when you start because <laughs> all of them are going to be different interfaces. Right. The processes are going to be completely different. They're going to be just similar, but just different enough to make you want to kill, go crazy. Uh, so like there's going to be a lot of those things. So I would say start on one, pick one, and there's not really any wrong answer. Amazon seems to be one of the more popular wants to start on, but I think like we talked about Walmart or Etsy might also be a lower barrier of entry. It's not as high of a percentage that they're going to be taking from your 
sales, but it's also not the audience that Amazon is. So that would be my, my only advice when talking about what channels you're selling on is sell on multiple eventually, but start and just hone in on one. Yeah. I think the other thing that um, when we talk about selling on other channels that you should get comfortable with, if you really want to scale is um, using spreadsheets to list. Yeah. Um, Amazon is the, you know, the one that I learned on Walmart also has the ability to upload through spreadsheets. Etsy does not technically. Um, I think there's a third party software out there that uh, allows you to, to use a spreadsheet to list, but I'm not sure how accurate it is. And I don't know, I don't know very many people, if any, honestly, that are using it um, and having success with it. So I don't recommend it necessarily, but um, so that's, you kind of have to do one by one. Um, but if you're looking at expanding to an Amazon or a Walmart, um, don't sleep on learning how to do spreadsheets. And I know yeah. um, Josiah, you can kind of speak to this because you guys, well, when you were with what for apparel, mm. you guys put that off for a long time. Yeah, yeah we sure did. Cause we hate, I still hate spreadsheets. I don't really enjoy them. <laughs> I don't um, think anybody but, does. But well, this, well, we'll no, do. no, Mike Dudley loves a spreadsheet. You know, Mike Perillo, uncle Mike loves a spreadsheet too. Maybe it's a name thing. Cause maybe all I Mike's. Used, yeah. I used to work with, for those listening, we have a mutual friend. His name is Mike Dudley. And he's actually the drummer in Travis's band. And uh, I worked with Mike um, at an old job that I had. And I had a question about something to do with Excel. And he opened his desk drawer and got out his wand and proceeded to do some crazy Excel wizardry <laughs> that I've not seen before or since. So mm. he yep. loves spreadsheets. But uh, all of that to say, we, we did put it off because we hated them. Right. Um, and then there was that point we've talked about this on the show. Madeline's been on the show talking about how her store got you know shut down and mm. we had to rebuild and we didn't have any spreadsheets, any CSV files with art, with the names, with anything like that. So we, we started from scratch and, and developed that system, have a CSV file. And now as Madeline's gone on to other platforms, she has that spreadsheet. She might have to modify the certain columns and certain whatever as she, you know, uploads to new platforms. But the the lion's share of the work has already been done on the front end, making the back end so much easier and just so mm -hmm. much more seamless. So you might hate Excel sheets like I do and did and still do. But uh, the upfront investment is is well worth it because it's going to save you a lot of headache, you know, on the yeah. back end of things for sure. Yeah, and I'll even say um, this kind of goes to our next our next point. Really, um, you know, having those spreadsheets can really make it a lot easier if you if you're starting to want to add new products with your existing designs. Yeah. Now, obviously you're not going to have like your mock-ups ready to go, you know, sure. because it's a brand new product. You got to recreate the mock-up. But if you have, you know, if you have kind of this organizational structure behind it, yeah. um, you can quickly go, you know, uh, name, title, all of those things, just um, it can really help you because that's probably, you know, besides selling on another channel, taking your existing assets AKA your designs and putting yeah. them on another product is probably the easiest low, you know, the lowest yeah. hanging fruit. Yeah. You already have the assets 
freaking use them. That's yeah. honestly what got me started in yeah. the business. I had a yeah. merch by Amazon account. I had tons and tons of t-shirts. I had tons and tons of designs. And I said, Hey, I'm going to put them on coffee mugs. Yeah. And that's what I have done for the last, you know, five, six years. Yeah. Um, you know, and just continue to do that and put them on other things and other things and other things, because I already own the art. Why shouldn't I use it on all of these other places? Same thing. Why shouldn't I use it on all these other platforms? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so having that organizational structure, being able to you know manipulate spreadsheets or knowing someone who can help you kind of set it up and then you just fill in as you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty dang good way to scale and to, to, to spread your wings a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say um maximizing your assets is is huge um so obviously you're not going to have like they're not all designs are going to work on all products but right uh you're you're going to have the vast majority that are going to be very easily transferable to to a coffee mug so mm -hmm. that's one way to pivot one way to think on the flies if you're running out of ideas and you're trying to get t-shirt designs and you have 700 mugs already listed uh, and 700 mug designs, right? Odds are you're going to have plenty of ideas for shirts because they're already the designs already made. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything else before we move on to the? To the last <laughs> I was. Point? I just had a funny. I remember it wasn't my coffee mug, but I remember seeing on Amazon one time it was it was a coffee mug and it said something like, "This is my this is my favorite T-shirt when I for fishing or something." <laughs> Somebody who had done exactly what we're talking about and just put all of their assets on coffee, yeah, yeah. and they just missed that one, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> but to your so, point, obviously, not everything's going to fit on yeah. both, yeah, you know, products, yeah. But it's pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> the last one we're going to touch on is something that we've talked about uh, in particular in the last couple of weeks is local opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think with the markets that, that we're doing. Um, result in huge local opportunities, but you know, markets is just one thing you can, you can look into. I, I've known, I knew someone that was going into restaurants, they had a merch by Amazon account, going into restaurants and saying, yep. Hey, let me make your branded restaurant t-shirt. And we're going to put QR codes on the table. And when people scan them, they'll buy them. And then you offer them an incentive to wear it back into your store. And, you know, he right. had a whole, that was a, one whole wing of his business model was just doing that. And he, he didn't right. do any in-house production. He was fine with taking a lower cut of mm -hmm. the royalty percentage, but um, he was having the advertising being done by someone else. So, right. um, I mean, that that's a huge local opportunity. There's tons of stuff you can do that's not just um, available if you're doing in-house production, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there's you, – you've got a chamber of commerce in your town. You've got a rotary club in your town. You've yeah. got, you know – a lot of things in your town. I mean, it, don't sleep on networking. If you have something yeah. that people don't necessarily understand or know that they need, <laughs> some yeah. of them do know that they need it. Um, but some of them, a lot of them don't. And so you are, um, we got a lead actually, um, Josiah, your nephew works at a restaurant. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you told him, you know, I think you've been telling him for months, or years yeah. even. Hey, you yeah. need to use us to do your t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And so finally they did, or they, they sent us an email and said, Hey, what do you think? You know, this is what we're looking at doing. Right. And, um, and I just decided I'm 
going to go over there and meet this guy, the manager, and yeah. have have uh, lunch at yeah. his facility. I mean, their food is amazing, so it's not a yeah. sacrifice to get right. It's not <laughs> their amazing food, right? But but the point is, is like I could have just answered the email and been done. But I made it a point. I was like, this is a big order, a potential yeah. big order. Yeah. And it turned in to be a probably one of the largest local orders we've had. Yep. And so I went over there and I, you know, I've been over there twice. I um they also did a second order for hats, for patch yeah. hats. Yeah. Um, and I went over there and I took them some hats. And, you know, I mean, I I used my actual physical presence to seal the deal, you know, to right. finish the sale. Um, and I've I've talked, I think I talked to you, Josiah, even. I think um, one of the things I want to do is I I want to try to, you know, get out of the day to day again, working in yeah. my business. Yeah. So I can go out and I can just make the rounds and and just walk in and and get rejected. I don't care. <laughs> but passing out business cards and saying, hey, if you need T-shirts, if you need hats, we do all these and just having some different things that I can show people and and just getting out in the community. I, I want to join the um, I still haven't. I want to join the um what's the yeah the chamber yeah. um here in broomfield which is this the town that you know we're in now my shop is in i i don't live here but my shop's here yeah. so it makes a lot of sense all these people these people love doing business with local yeah they want to that is kind of the new hip thing yeah yeah that's business. also it's also a thing i think that was a, a byproduct of covid is because right. a lot of the mom and pop shops were were made to shut down and so as things were finally opening up again, there was a huge urgency and incentive to support local because right. the local people were the ones suffering. The Walmarts and Amazons and Targets were fine. It mm -hmm. was your neighbor who owned a shop that was you know, on the verge of bankruptcy. So right. there was a huge effort, which is awesome, to, to, to kind of come together in yeah, a, it's a great. consolidated effort and support local. So that remnant or that thing I think there's still a lot of that that is left and mm -hmm. people are now, you know, wanting to shop local. Cause it was a thing before COVID. Don't get me wrong. People always were very cognizant. There was a group of mm -hmm. people that always wanted to shop local, but because of the, the circumstances um, and, and indirect um, you know, causes of loss for people that shopping local became a huge deal. Yeah. I, I mean, just thinking about, I think this is a great opportunity for you to just like, think about your sphere of influence. Are you yeah. on, you know, a, a PTO board at your school or something, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, you, you, your kid plays soccer, you know, or something for some team and they have a club yeah. club uniform or whatever. Talk to somebody. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you have yeah. a sphere of influence. You can, you um, can easily do a spreadsheet and make a, you know, a, a natural market list. Right. Right. And just jot down the people that you, like you said, are in your circle of influence mm -hmm. and just jot down people one after the other, everyone you think of get, and then ask those people for referrals and get more mm -hmm. information and just build out that spreadsheet and then start calling, start going to visit the shops, start, you know, making the rounds, but you'll be surprised to figure out just how many people are in, I don't know, you know, the six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Right. You'll yeah. be surprised to see how many people are even six degrees removed from your direct circle of influence that you can actually work with. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a matter of getting that documented and starting that process and, and kind of sorting all of that out. Right. So, yeah. So I think we've talked a lot about, you know, potential, 
pitfalls and things that you're going to have to deal with. And then other ways we've talked about ways to scale. Um, this is kind of like your next step. You, you started this whole thing. You, yeah. um, you did everything you needed to do to get the, the business up and running. Yeah. Um, now it's time to kind of think of the next level. What are some things that you can do to take this, um, take this out of your living room, so to speak. I mean, you can still do it in your living room. That's, that's yeah. not exactly, you know, what I mean. I'm just saying, you know, as opposed to making, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, well, let's make a couple thousand a month, you know, I mean, sure. Sure. why not? Right? I think, yeah. I think too, you know, we're talking about taking it out of your living room um, is also just in that local opportunity that we just talked about. You're taking it out of just your house online into the, the ether as it were. And mm -hmm. you're actually connecting with people outside in your community and getting business that way too. So it's just, you're doing more than just uploading something to Amazon right. or to, uh, you know, a printful or whatever that are, that's drop shipping. You're actually making the connections and people are getting to know you as the, the t-shirt expert. I think marketing right. and positioning yourself as the expert in that particular niche will, will go a long way as well. So Travis, any, anything else before we uh, wrap up this particular episode? No, I, I would just piggyback on what you just said because, um, you know, we hired you to do sales. And one of the things I quickly found out was that there are a whole lot of people that see you as the t-shirt expert in your right. sphere of influence. Yeah. They all come to you. I mean, your yep. church does, your friends do, your friends of friends, your family, yep. all of these people that you yep. know uh, because you've been doing it for so long and they yep. know that you get a quality product and uh, right. a fair price and, and they just see you as that. So yeah. become that in yep. your sphere of influence, I think is what we're trying to say here. Yeah. 100%. So guys, thank you so much. I think this concludes the POD one-on-one series um, unless we have another spark of genius for episode six, but we're getting very close, very <laughs> close to episode 100. So uh, lots of exciting things on the horizon. Hopefully we'll have some, uh, cool announcements or something at least to look forward to for episode 100. Uh, and I think that will be uh, a lot of fun, but until then guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can join us on the Facebook group, Facebook or printondemandcast.com slash Facebook rather is where you can go for all the latest updates. Um, you know, there won't be any, hopefully there won't be any more fluctuation in posting schedule because the apps already secured the cup. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but but slash Facebook is where you can join, ask questions. A lot of our former guests are also in that group as mm -hmm. well um, that you can ask questions of. So that's where you join the family, join the conversation, and we love interacting with you guys. We also have printodemandcast.com slash Instagram and slash YouTube where you can find more additional content. And we are available everywhere the podcasts are available. The POD cast is also available for you. And we've been asking, we've been saying, hey, if you have us, on your Apple podcast app, leave a five-star review. And we have one to shout out Kevbo83 at the end of June. That's titled Just What the Doctor Ordered. I just pumped the brakes on hemorrhaging marketing money, trying to get my POD off the ground and found this podcast. It's exactly the kind of experience and perspective discussion that I'm confident will help me get on the right track. A few episodes in, and I'm already working on big shifts. So that is really cool. Uh, That's really, really cool. Really cool to to, to read, um, Kevbo. I very thankful um, for your feedback. Thanks for taking the time to leave a review. 
Um, and if you know anyone else in your direct circle of influence that's in this industry, let them know about the show as well because we'd love for more people to get a hold of this information because the reason we started this in the beginning was because we felt like there was a, a void in the mm. podcast space for pertinent and useful and entertaining information about the POD industry. So right. we're so thrilled to hear that we are, we are hopefully providing all of those things that we set out to do in the midst of our rambling dad jokes and witty banter. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, again, Kevbo, thank you so much for leaving a review. If you want to leave a review, please do so. Five stars, of course, helps the algorithm, helps this get to more, to more people. Leave a comment as well, and we will shout you out um, in an upcoming episode. You can also rate us on Spotify. Can't leave a review, but you can leave five stars just as easily. And we also have the video version on Spotify. So if you're not a YouTube person, you want to listen on the go or watch the video on the go, which I have to disclaim right now is probably not the best idea, but <laughs> I don't control your life. Uh, but Spotify is where you can find those episodes as well. So, uh, and if you don't do social media, Info at printoutamancast.com is where you can go to reach out to Travis and I directly if you have any questions and you don't, uh, you're not on any of those platforms. So, Travis, anything else before we say goodbye? Nope. Just appreciate all the listeners. Nice. Same here. So, for Josiah, for Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.